0: This episode of That's What G Said Podcast is brought to you by Sarah Candles, C-E-R-A Candle Company. The website is sarahcandles.com. Right now, they have a Valentine's Day box happening. Make sure to get those orders in right now for 20 bucks, You get to pick two of these three cents between the Fresh Roses, the Tuxedo, and the Date Night. Use the promo code G-I-N-O. It'll get you an extra 10% off. And these are all natural soy wax free from toxins that are found in the paraffin wax which is used by the other leading brands 100% lead-free cotton wicks uh, locally sourced made in micro batches Uh, you can check out all the different scents but uh, look at that Valentine's Day box if you need it for friends family members significant others loved ones it's something cool it's very affordable uh, a little different it's a nice gesture check out com on this episode of that's what G said we have a couple interviews for you we'll be focusing in on sam houston racing for wednesday and uh, we have an interview with andy Villanueva, a handicapper where we go through the card and then an interview with track announcer from sam houston chris griffin talk all about sam houston and give a couple of his plays for uh wednesday and talk some Dodgers that big trade finally went through with the the Red Sox and then a separate trade with the twins and some thoughts on the uh first weekend of the xFL kick back and enjoy this episode of that's what G said Tuesday, February eleventh. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said Podcast. And talk a little uh little Dodgers right off the top of this trade was back and forth and back and forth and Mookie Betts trade was on and then it was off and then it was on. it never really seemed like it was going to be off as far as the Dodgers getting Mookie bets. It just kinda of seemed like some of the uh the minor pieces would be tweaked. And that's what ended up happening. Mainly, this all went down because the Red Sox owner wanted to get, they wanted to just save some money, basically, plain and simple. They wanted to save some money. They didn't think they were going to get pay bets next year. You get a little something for him, and then you get rid of some of the salary of uh, David Price because the Dodgers are going to take on half of his contract for the next couple of years. When you're a team like Boston, I know a lot of the Boston fans are probably are, are probably pretty pissed off. Now, what I will say is because of the way Boston waited on this deal, which I thought was kind of a... Uh, the Dodgers ended up paying a little bit more as far as the, the prospects in this trade now. Um, it's fine. The Dodgers have a deeper uh, system. But it was really weird. It just seemed like uh, all the information came out and for whatever reason, uh, Boston kind of backed out. They wanted a little bit more and they ended up getting it. So, it, it worked out well for them. They just kind of was it was weird all the way around the way it was reported from the beginning and then uh, it was thought to be done repeatedly and then not and then physicals and and then the Dodgers end up with the player that the Red Sox didn't want. So, the original deal uh info reading from this article by uh, Craig Edwards over on FanGraphs. Uh, the original deal is a three-team Swap uh, Dodgers, Twins, Red Sox, and then there was another trade between the Angels and the Dodgers. But now there are just two different moves. First trade, Dodgers get Mookie Betts and David Price, and then $48 million to pay David Price's $96 million salary. So, half, half of the salary paid. Red Sox get Alex Verdugo, Jeter Downs, and Connor Wong. So they get a really good prospect in Jeter Downs and then another decent prospect in Connor Wong and then here so here's a little bit of, of about those prospects um this was from Eric uh, Longenhagen he was talking about his evaluations of uh, of Downs and then Wong the prospect so Downs is a polished advanced hitter for his age dating way back to high school um, not as much of a shortstop likely. Future home is a uh, second baseman, uh, short back to the ball with some pop, swing is bottom hand heavy, leaves him somewhat vulnerable to the loss in, the, on, in on the hands, but selective enough at pitches, he can damage. Uh, so pretty good pretty good all, all in all. And uh, someone who is a pretty solid hitter for a middle infielder, and then you talk about Wong, who's a multi-positional defender who can also play catcher. Um, Dodgers have tweaked his swing since college um, Average draw power But he lifts the ball Ability to catch and play on the infield Kind of a cool role player So it gives Boston uh, some kind of Versatility, flexibility And uh, this fan graph said Boston did slightly better In the current iteration They grabbed a similarly ranked prospect uh, To Gratterall in downs They got an extra player in Wong And they got the financial relief they coveted so in a vacuum, it's a fair deal. Um, Boston getting lesser prospects for one year, the better the the game's best players because they attached a lot of David Price's contract. But for Boston fans, the deal sucks. Uh, the Red Sox didn't need to back off from contention and trade Mookie Betts. And I like the move quite a bit for the Dodgers. the The, the second move even, so they get all, who the Red Sox didn't want. They get outfielder Luke Rayleigh, who they actually initially traded to Minnesota, and they get a pick. And then the Twins get Maeda, and a $10 million to offset Maeda's salary. So the Twins get Maeda what they want. They get a little bit of money to sweeten the deal, and they send an extra player back to the Dodgers, and then the Dodgers get a pitcher who can come out of their bullpen and throw 100 miles an hour. And what's nice with the Dodgers, they have a ton of depth. This is not someone who's going to be asked a lot out of like immediately or or heavily relied relied on. He's kind of one of those like icing on the cake type players. If this is someone who can help you out in in the back of your bullpen, that's that's huge. For a Dodgers bullpen, that hey, you know you look at it, and this bullpen is not going to be bad this year. They're going to have some options because when you're deep, when you have, you know, deep roster options, it like always, it just gives you more options in the pen. So now the question is that other deal where they were just basically getting rid of Jock Peterson and Ross Stripling. The Dodgers made two moves today to clear uh, their 40-man roster to, to clear from 42, so they're down to their 40-man roster. So Jock and Ross Stripling are part of the uh, the 40-man right now, and uh, you know what? It doesn't hurt to have uh, Ross Stripling there as an extra pitcher. Come out of the pen, start some games if you need. Jock, I love he. He produced. He's been good for the Dodgers. He's been uh, clutch the only problem now when you have Mookie and you have Bellinger, you're gonna have Jock and Pollock and Kiki and Taylor basically, you know, battling for one spot in the outfield. So I mean we'll see if, if there's another move to be made for the Dodgers, if they uh, are looking to to deal Jock at some point or, you know, still still Put a package together. And the general consensus, too, you know, like the, the this next, just some bits and pieces from the other athletic article. Um, you know, Red Sox fans should be happier with the second Mookie Betts trade than they were with the first. This is from uh, Keith Law. A revised deal is way better for the Red Sox. Even if uh, Gratterall had passed whatever review that caused Boston to balk at the trade, Jeter Downs is a top 100 prospect. Dodgers acquired last winter, so that's why it kind of was. was the Dodgers had just acquired Downs. Um, this is not someone who is one of the top top prospects for the Dodgers, who have a deep system, and this will become one of the top prospects for the Red Sox. So it actually it works out well. The Dodgers didn't feel like they were giving up a whole a whole lot to get Mookie, and you know what? I think a lot of people are kind of just assuming Price is is, is done. And uh, I think it, it's going to be a, a really good spot for him to to bounce back with no pressure on him and where he's he just not expected to be a top end of the rotation guy. So the Athletic is a little higher on downs even. His bat is promising for a middle infielder. He played shortstop but projects at least an above average defender at second or third. Led the Cal League in doubles and homers this year as a 20-year-old who was young, uh, was young for high A. Promoted the double A with two weeks to go in the season, even though he struggled badly to start the year. Dodgers helped making uh, adjustments to his swing so he could drive certain pitches and unlock more power. Connor Wong, an unusual kind of utility player. He can catch well enough uh, to do it on more than an emergency basis, but can move to other positions, including second or third. Swing and miss, problem, but... As a 26-man on a roster, he could be quite valuable for his ability to back up at least three pitches. So now Boston ends up with its new number one prospect in Downs, a useful utility prospect in Wong, and a solid everyday right fielder in Alex Verdugo. That's not bad for Boston. That's better That's better than what they got. And they get Verdugo for five more years, and they shed salary. But the big point is it it only matters if they're going to put that money back into the major league roster and they said uh, starting pitching, which remains the the big weakness with Chris Sale's elbow and durability now question, and pitching prospects either far away or back of the rotation types. And then it talks about the Dodgers. Uh, the Dodgers had to part with more than they wanted to get the deal done. Uh, Downs was not their top prospect or their number two. He would have been the top two for a lot of teams. Uh, but, you know, they mentioned Gavin Lux and Dustin May. It's possible the Dodgers would have never... Would, Never would have needed downs. They do pick up Gratterall. Could be a valuable for reliever for them right now. The deal for the Dodgers, uh, they added a superstar in right field, plus an immediate impact for a bullpen that has generally been a weak link over the the past few years, plus the, a wild card candidate for the rotation. Twins had to pay a little bit more to get Kenton Maeda, sending Gratterall to the Dodgers rather than the Red Sox, but now adding L- Alfredo Luke Rayleigh to the trade. Rayleigh was originally with the Dodgers and came to the Twins in the Brian Dozier trade. And then there's more Jock Peterson, who was briefly an angel. Peterson endured a week of rumors, also lost an arbitration hearing. And now he's on the roster, but he may have to battle, you know, with many others for a spot there. So a weird trade, a weird week or so of this trade. It never really seemed like it was off, but had never really been on until now. What did you guys think of the XFL? You know, it it wasn't the same XFL from years back. And I was actually... So I went into it with really low expectations. I I didn't know what to think, but I was really impressed. And when you look back at the way this, this league... Has been handled versus the first time through. Vince McMahon made wanted to kind of make it more of an extension of the WWE, involving WWE announcers. Kind of, uh, they wanted it to be really hard hitting and a lot of gimmicks on the on the field. And you know, in this USA Today article: Five things we learned from the XFL's opening game, trading gimmicks for innovation was wise. They're they're different, but not bad. Different. There's things that you know, they're probably going to look at it and and adjust. But I think the way these games were covered on television kind of tells you right away that uh, they were being treated very seriously by the networks. They had full crews, reporters on the sidelines. That was one of the real um, interesting things about the XFL. And if you're sitting there going, ah, I don't know, I'm telling you it was it was at least this week was better than you probably would have imagined. And my co-host Mike Abateer on the Mike Abateer Show always mentions that. Keep in mind, NFL we we you know colleges kind of like the minors, but they're one of a few leagues that don't really have that minor league or like feeder type system, you know. And if something like this could be great, uh, if if it's successful, so what McMahon did this time is he put a lot of he just kind of got a lot of smart people and put them in charge. All luck, head of the league. Like you see a lot of familiar faces. There, you know, there there aren't the he hate me on the back of the jersey, but they're they're still trying to be different. Um, let's go. They you know they let's go through some of the things that are, that are a little bit different that we've seen. So we saw running clock some spots, stop clock late we saw, so differences with the clock, but it seemed to, to, to fit they're trying to speed up the game a little bit they have a referee that is literally dedicated to spotting the ball with on the field to kind of just help spot the ball and go they've changed the kickoffs there's uh, special teams r- rules that discourage touchbacks or kicking the ball out of bounds or punts they've tried to force Coaches to go for it on fourth down Or in their own territory And There's names in some of these players That you remember that you've seen And they're getting you know a second Or, or third sometimes last chance to, to get seen and get a shot to play football There's some hungry talented players That have maybe just been a little bit unlucky They were injured they were cut They were you know just playing on the wrong team For the wrong coach and the wrong scheme And We'll we'll see how it goes, you know, continuing on. But, you know, Raheem Moore, he played five years of in the NFL and he played in the Alliance of American Football. That was just a brief last year. And he said the speed of the game in the XFL was similar to the NFL. He said the AFLF was a great experience, but it was a little slow. This game feels like an NFL game. One thing you notice right away, though, is the, uh, the offensive lines are going to struggle. I mean, it, we don't see a lot of good offensive lines in the NFL. So it's going to be hard to get um, a lot of real like quality offensive line play and run the ball here. You're going to see you know short passing or you know skilled, really skilled wide receivers and skilled quarterbacks be able to win games. So we have uh, eight teams. It was a really good week. Like the ratings are are all pretty good. the 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 four games, uh, especially the first game on Saturday. D.C. Defenders beat the Seattle Dragons 31-19. Houston Roughnecks beat the uh, L.A. Wildcats 37-17. The New York Guardians beat the Tampa Bay Vipers 23-3. And the St. Louis Battle Hawks beat the Dallas Renegades 15-9. There was all sorts of interviewing before, after, during plays, which is, I mean, you're in the huddle with them you are hearing them on the sidelines dropping bomb uh <laughs> dropping f bombs right after uh plays um reporters were doing a really good job of you know they were in the locker room at halftime and it was a real transparent transparent see through like everything they were seeing how the referees are making the replay decisions um over on ESPN some of their thoughts you know, most people seemed pretty positive where how they reacted to this. Uh Oliver Luck was you know really really happy with it, how everything com- came through. He was he's the commissioner. And yeah, ESPN had reporters in all four games. Um the attendance for each game was, you know, right around 17,000 revamped kickoff alignment, minimized touchbacks. So just to give you an example, 35 kicks over the weekend, 32 of them were returned, 91%. In the NFL in 2019, only 60% of the kickoffs, uh, 60% of the kickoffs went for touchbacks, and only 36% were returned. It's fun. And... It's, it. What helps is that in week one, there's not anything really bad or negative. There's actually just a little bit of good buzz moving forward. Now, like always, it's going to be difficult. How do you, you build off of week one moving forward into week two? Can you build? Can you, you know boost ratings or not even boost you're probably going to have a little bit of, dip, of a dip because people probably tuned in for the first time just curious to see but can you do you not crater because they have really good opportunities right now with you know fox they were on abc they're on national tv right now they have a good window for the next few weeks before people really start kind of mark you know especially the next few weeks everybody starts focusing in on march madness for that you know the, the conference tournaments, and then uh, the, the first couple of weeks of the NCAA tournament, and then you get basketball. But right now, you could hit the next couple of weeks, and maybe uh, maybe hook some people if you if you keep putting a good product out on the field, and you just need things. <laughs> even when there's a, a player like uh, Dylan Day who uh, who cursed on TV, it's it's something that kind of gives you a little bit of a, a buzz, and you get a little uh, kind of like a viral mo- moment from it. So. The you actually have the opportunity to sc- uh, score nine points. They don't kick extra points. You can kick field goals, but instead of um, you go for one point, two points, or three points. Either from the two yard line, the five yard line, or the ten yard line is a three pointer. So if you score a touchdown for six, you can actually turn it into a nine point score. You can be down by nine, and that's actually a one point. That's actually a one score game still. So some things they'll try they'll, they'll they'll see if you know what the feedback is, but that's what you have to do if you're a different league. You can't just try to be the same exact league and not as good. you have to have a little bit of a, a tweak a little bit something different um Saturday peaked uh an average of four million viewers in the fourth quarter as the dragons attempted their comeback so there was some interest one thing that you know as a fan if you're you know, curious about this. What's always nice. Their business model called for a family of four to be able to attend games for 100 bucks. They they don't want to, to price people out. You know, talked to a lot of fans. They said, you know, you can get a ticket for 30 bucks. They were doing a good job of selling uh, merchandise for pretty cheap. Everything that looked, you know, 30, 40 bucks ticket range. And we'll see how week two goes for. uh These eight teams in the XFL Okay, so First up We're going to have an interview with Andy Villanueva Handicapper We broke down the Sam Houston racing card For Wednesday, February the 12th Enjoy Sam Houston, really good card Get your past performances out as we go through Horse racing fans and betters of all kinds We are very excited to be covering the races From Sam Houston Race Park here on That's What G Said on each and every episode They're broadcasting in HD They have bigger purses, turf racing Over there, but for me, the key Is that 12% low takeout On their multi-leg wagers Doubles, pick threes, pick fours, pick fives They are building a great program over there It truly is major league Racing, we have to give a big applause To the TTA, the Texas Thoroughbred Association, they've added new and Incentives and bonus programs for buying and selling horses So it's better for the customers And it's better for the horsemen in Texas Their social media presence has been bumped up You can follow them at SHRP Racing on Twitter And you're going to find morning training videos The Monday Minute Jockey interviews Or if you're not on Twitter You can find all the information at SHRP.com They're just working so hard to treat their horsemen and women And the betters right So let's give them a little bit of our focus A couple big days coming up February the 22nd is Texas Preview Day And the big day, March the 21st That is Texas Champions Day We'll be covering all that action here On That's What G Said With all sorts of different interviews Focusing in on Sam Houston Make sure when you go to play the races Give Sam Houston a look With that ultra low 12% takeout In the multi-leg wagers Very excited to be talking some sam houston here on that's what g said each and every day of sam houston Racing we're gonna have a, a podcast out that covers uh the, the wednesday the friday the saturday action For now for the next few weeks and when we want to talk some sam houston one of the absolute Best handicappers out there someone who looks at every race at sam houston Very very sharp and, and much more than sam houston uh, i've i've Seen him uh, at big scores all over the place, but our focus is going to be at Sam Houston. We want to introduce to the podcast Andy Villanueva. Andy, how are you doing, buddy? Good. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for thanks for coming in. So let's give a little background before we jump in and dive into the uh, the Wednesday Sam Houston card. How did you get into horse racing? Like, where are you from? Give us a little a little backstory.
1: Well, uh, really simple. I got into horse racing when I was seven years old. My mm-hmm. dad took me to the racetrack and. When I was at high school, at LaSalle High School, one of my best friends. Exactly. We're both from there, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So uh, my best friend that went there, uh, Rod King, he lived next door to Jimmy Barnes when he was working for Charlie Whittingham. And I told him I wanted to learn about horse racing. and wanted to be a groom. and wanted to be a hot walker, whatever it took to get into the business. And told me to show up the next morning at 5 o'clock in the morning it would show that I was serious about it, showed up and got a job. So that was when I was 18 years old. that was an 89 and haven't stopped being on the racetrack since.
0: And and now you're more of a, a handicapper, right? You're, you're handicapping different racetracks and in, in working in that capacity.
1: Yeah. I handicap racetracks now more so for myself. I used to be with Bruno DiGiulio. Yep. I, I kind of left that and decided to go my own route and uh opportunity came up with sam houston because i love the track and i live nearby and uh i'm thankful to chris griffin for giving me the shot to come in when when trey styles isn't around to, to be able to help out the betting public but yeah i basically handicap i also do some bloodstocking on the side now i opened up my new business uh, integrity racing and Bloodstock, so it's it's been a fun ride the last couple months
0: yeah and uh one the thing that that draw drew me to Sam Houston, and you know what's nice with my show here is I can really just talk. I'll talk about whatever like big races come up each weekend, but more than other than that, like I can kind of dive into whichever card looks good. And I'm gonna play Sam. I was gonna play Sam Houston a, a lot more, you know, because of the low takeout and then all the improvements this year. And I and I played it a few days early on in the meet, and I was just so impressed with like the the field sizes, the quality of the racing. What I like is for us betters. There, you know, we I'm not I'm not afraid to complain or have a gripe with uh you know as sometimes as betters and customers, we get screwed a little bit. You know, sometimes uh the tracks raise the prices, things are going on, and I was really happy to see what what Sam Houston is, has done. And um I, I feel like you kind of probably feel the same way, like they're putting out a really good product, and you get you know 12% takeout in those multi-leg wagers. You don't get that anywhere else. Doubles, pick threes, pick fours, pick fives. It really is a better. It makes you kind of feel good before you even go in, right? Like you don't feel like you came in and you're already going to be like, oh, man, I have to hit like this or this." It just, I just kind of get like a good feeling before I even play the races there.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, the best part about that place, and I mean, I've been following it for about four or five years now. Um, the The racing has improved to the point to where it, it's probably a better product than most of the racetracks. Oh yeah. As far as you know field sizes the competitiveness the turf course which is great you know turf course sorry about that if you heard that um turf course all of that um it, it's basically one of the i think I, I was texting sean feld the other day and i don't mean to name drop but i texted him and said look this racetrack is probably one of the safest racetracks you'll ever get on trainers like to train on this track the turf course is probably one of the best turf courses in the country. And, you know, you get good field sizes. Texas is up the purses. And, you know, well, all these all these states are fighting with racinos. The Texas, the Texas uh, state commission are putting in bylaws to make sure that there's funds available for Texas racing all of a sudden. So that's why you're seeing the higher purses. That's why you're seeing Ron Mo Cat and um you know, basically Stone Street Stables and Hillendale's running one tomorrow. So it's really impressive that we're getting bigger fields. And like we said, the quality of the quality of racing is almost second to
0: none. Yeah I I've been really, really impressed. I love it. Um this Wednesday card that we're going to jump into in a minute is just, oh, it's excellent. I mean deep, deep races, deep field after deep field. And um and you just What's nice too is like some tracks you play And you're playing it's like okay the pick 5 is the low Takeout pick 5 but then you look at the the Pick 5 sequence or the races sometimes And you're like "Eh, you know I don't really like this sequence I also just don't feel Because of the low takeout in the Double in the pick 3 in the pick 4 In the pick 5 you don't feel Forced I at least don't as a better To have to like play this Sequence or this is the pick 5 I have To play because you can whatever Race you know sequence you like you're going to be getting the best bang for your buck there. Um, and, and another thing that we love as, as betters too, you were mentioning all of the improvements they have. They, they they've got money and they improve their product and they help the fans by keeping the takeout low and HD broadcasting. Now it's just the the little things that that we ask for. They've done in like you mentioned in, in a day when a lot of tracks are kind of fighting or things are kind of going south. It's really kind of it's really refreshing. Um, to see a racetrack that that's doing things very well. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking, everything that I'm looking at seems like, uh, seems like there've been really nice, uh, returns so far early on in the meet.
1: Yeah. There's racetracks that get it. This track gets it. I mean, even as far as when lady classic day was going on, instead of charging for people to come to watch the races, they were like, come on in, let's, let's get as many people as we can to come in here, watch the product, get some food enjoy yourselves and i mean it was a huge crowd and the reason why free parking free admission and when you give people free stuff before they walk in especially at a racetrack where people are going to spend money betting it makes a bet it makes a big difference that way as far as how things work
0: okay great so let's get into the wednesday card And so the way Sam Houston runs now On Wednesdays, Friday nights, and Saturdays And Wednesdays they run uh, in the day It's 12.20 central time for the post And we're going to kick things off in race number one On Sunday there's a 10 or On Wednesday there's a 10 race card And there are two pick fives Which uh, you can kick kick the first pick five off Right in race number one So the first race they'll be going a a mile On the turf course in here And what a race to to kick things off I mean this is one of those races where you, You like look up and down and you can start going four or five deep. If you need to, you probably, you know, you start most races when you right now with, the with Parker, the way that he's been riding. Um, but give us, uh, your thoughts on this opener. Who are some of the horses you, you're going to be using in the exotics here?
1: I mean, when I started looking at this race, I thought the same thing. I'm like, oh. I, I looked at the PPs and I'm like, well, I got to use Parker. Yeah. I mean, it would be wrong not to use them. But then I start, the one thing about Houston is you always have to check the weather. Uh, Every day, I mean, every day it kind of changes. Uh, the joke around Houston is is that, you know, it might be cold one minute, wait five minutes, it'll be warm. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, I kind of played this two ways. I played it with it with the possibility of it being an off track and then moving this race off the grass and also on the turf. But if it stays on the turf, like a horse on the outside called Valentine Street. Yep. Uh, Valentine Streets with Sasha R- Risenhoover and Larry Stroop already had a race over the racetrack takes a little bit of a, a class drop in this spot, and he fits here with, with, the, way the, str- with the way the race is supposed to set up uh, as far as the speed early on. Could end up getting an early lead, and Sasha on the front end is probably one of the strongest riders. So, And I've said that all meet long, and I'll continue to say it, but I think this horse is going to improve off of that, off of that race last out as far as that's concerned.
0: I like valentine street quite a bit in here too uh, Coming off of a, a, a tough trip too One of those trips where you're down on the inside And you just got nowhere to go And you get shut off and you're like shuffled back And you never even get a chance to run And now you get that little prep out of the, the way After the two the couple months off So uh, I'm with you I have, a, I have the aid as a horse to use in, in all exotics here I want to mention uh, just a, a long shot Because I mean as you like if you're going to go, you're going to look at the eight, you're going to look at the seven. And then, I mean, I then you could start making you make a case for the three, who was right there. You make a case for the two, for the four. I think a long shot, if people want to go a little deeper or include a price, is the uh, the 10 Samishin, who I, I thought ran pretty well to another one who kind of had a, a sneaky good trip. You got a nice race recently over, over the Sam Houston track. This is a horse who likes it here, and I, I think we'll probably get a little more money than that morning line. And so I, I think, you know, maybe a horse to throw in there, but I had the, I had the eight right as my second selection. I'm glad you mentioned uh Valentine street, any other horses you, you would think to, uh, to maybe include or to mention in here.
1: Well, I had some also, because I think he's, I think he's one of those horses that you have to play, yep. especially with Asmussen. But I also like uh, if it goes off track, I know it's kind of like looking, looking, as that, uh, it's, like, no, it's nice to mention. yeah, but it's, but it's nice it's to good mention. mention, yeah. But you have to use the four, yeah. Uh, Potoroso Equus, he's three or four on, on an off track. Last when he he last time he ran in a little bit tougher spot, and he, he's offered up for a tag this time. And you know, you're gonna get you're gonna get a price with Jernesto and, and Valdez or Jimenez, so it, it's worth a look at with that horse. And I think you're gonna look at Yowzer, and I think. If they're going to overbet Yowzer with Cabrera.
0: Yeah, he. So. I, I wouldn't be ag- against maybe leaving him out in a race where you where you want to spread out or not necessarily having to key in on him, especially with his running style. Right, like with a horse who comes from so far out of it, he does need things to go his way and then work out a trip. Um, I would much rather, you know, use even if it is on the the grass. The horse you mentioned, Poderoso Equus, who, yeah, I would upgrade for sure if it was off. But I think his grass form too is a little sneaky. He's just he he's been in some tough spots on the grass, and, and then he he's not been able to put a couple starts together until now. I love when I when there's a horse who. Maybe looks like they have some nagging injuries Or they're the type of horse who needs time in between their starts I like when they're able to put a couple starts together here He should have a little more bottom now with that race uh, under his belt So yeah, I, I think we covered a lot of the the top contenders there in that opener We move on to race number 2, Maiden Special Weights These are and mares 4 year olds and up 6.5 furlongs The distance, the 7 horse Coming in from California the Calibred twirling diamond and the One shadowing look like they will Probably vie for favoritism in here That's the Steve Asmussen first time starter Who draws the rail but You know there are other a couple others In here that could take a nice Step forward where do you where do you start with uh, in, in race two
1: I, I just I look at the one and I see the pedigree And I even went back to look at the dam Because the dam seemed familiar and the damn one, a grade one Hollywood starlet when she yep, was I running. interviewed
0: Baffert after she won that so, race. I remember it was it was so, one of the few times I got to be reporting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
1: like, I'm like, there's there's no way you can you can not play this filly. And Baffert was thinking of running her at fairgrounds, and I think what he's doing, he's doing what he did with with a filly called Maggie Pie last year, where he made a debut here and then sent her to Oakland Park. And I think he's gonna do that with Shadowing. She was working at Fairgrounds, typical Baffert works, where he's working them slow the last two times. She's probably fit, and Aramia, Aramia's coming in to ride on Wednesdays, and they fire at 22% for the year. So yeah. I, I figured if that filly is good enough, and I, and I know she's a four-year-old, but I just don't think anybody's going to beat her if she's got any sort of class
0: Yeah, and as, as far as that's should... concerned. Yeah I wanted to look and like, kind of pinpoint how he Has been with the first time starters in particular At Sam Houston and he's been You know really good like he's been 10 for 33 over the last 5 years with the First time starters at Sam Houston and this year He's been 3 for 8 with a second and a third So he's sending First time starters here that can win good ones I think he, there's another one of them that's actually entered On fair in uh, on the fairgrounds undercard that one first time out here At Sam Houston a couple weeks back so Some quality ones that'll still come here Um, If you're gonna go I think that You kind of have to make your decision like Like Andy said if you think the one is That good this might be a horse to kind of key in on in some of the early exotics and I wouldn't talk You uh, off doing that Um, I do Think the nine Zebeka. And the four Nellie D, who both come out of the same race on January the 18th, they can both improve. Zebecca ran a really weird race. Uh, she was on the lead, and and then she looked like she was completely done. She backed up, looked like she was gonna maybe not be eased, but just kind of finished last. And then she completely re-rallies, angles out, comes back on again. It was it was really bizarre, but it was it was kind of impressive. Um, and uh and then the the sick, you know, we mentioned the seven. I'm I'm kind of okay with taking a shot against the seven twirling diamond in here. What are your thoughts I on that? I am too. Yeah. I,
1: I, I'll take. and no offense to Dallas. I mean, Dallas used to be like his, his MO in the, in the nineties was to run in Texas and then come out for the Hollywood park winter meet and the summer Del Mar meet, and then go back to Texas. And then he decided to move all his stuff over to California. And now he's moving the stuff back to Texas. So, um, I, I'm, I kind of need to see a race, especially here on this racetrack, because horses that are coming in from Santa Anita aren't firing first out. And I think it's because of the dirt. I think it's because it's a different type of dirt dirt surface than they use in California.
0: They need to get a little Um, used to it.
1: So they got to get used to it. But usually, like, uh, I mean, even Robertino, when he brought in those horses from California, they didn't fire right away. Now they're firing. So... But uh, so I, that that one to me was a throwout. I think the six, um, going back and looking at that race, I just throw out that first race. Yep, yep. Uh, this was a debut race. She just she just for whatever reason just had no no idea what she was doing. She was completely not wanting to run, and she just decided that she was just gonna. I mean, Ricardo did what he did best, he, what he should have done, and he basically just took care of her and just raced another day.
0: Yeah so yeah I think we covered uh, a lot of the contenders In here and we're kind of both uh, okay with playing Against the seven twirling diamond Especially of uh, the two short price horses I'd much Prefer the one shadowing of those And then uh, maybe see what price you can get On like a horse like Zybeka, Zybeka or Nelly D But if the, the money's probably going to come in early On the one if this horse is live and then we'll definitely Know um, early on With that really nice dam you mentioned The grade one winning dam who uh, Yeah won that grade one in just her second Career start let's get to race Number three uh, seven furlongs $10,000 claimers in here This race I thought the one A toasting master Of the Carl Broberg Entry was going to be pretty tough In here he was chasing uh, The favorite call me Richard And he just missed like the next jump he- He's the winner and he gets to go a little bit Longer in here um, I thought he's probably Where you have to start in here I, I don't usually like to go too chalky I always try to find one And I, and I think I, the price for me I'm going to toss in is the 6 15 Love Black Who's coming off of a, a nice win And can turn back a little bit But uh, how do you see this race?
1: So I, I agree with you That you got to use a 6 um, I love the 2 in this race Archie. Um, Archie If you go back and you look at that race On January 10th That horse was dead beat at the top of the lane, and he just dug in that. and fought back, and he he staved off Is a Daddy who came back and won his next start the following week. So you know you got a horse that that is probably still got some Danny Pish in him as far as the training is concerned, and he likes this he likes this course. And I, I just don't I just think that with the two Broberg's you're gonna you're gonna see way too much money put on them. And I think that there's other value in this race To where you can go other other places to play okay, And so 15 the- Love Black is the other one
0: Yeah, 15 Love Black, who was forwardly placed Sat tucked inside, um, was just within a few lengths And waited, then got a nice split, was up for the win And now going to go third uh, off the bench So could be ready for even a, a nice step forward We've seen how he likes it here at Sam Houston I think there's plenty to like with fifteen, Love Black, I, I that's I, that's those are the three that I had. I had a uh, I had six, one and two as my as my three to use in here, and and maybe you get a little price on the six and try to get in them. But for me, I kind of thought those and and Archie too. Like y- you mentioned that race last time out was so nice because he put the speed away and then he holds off other challenge and then he battles back. And I, list, like, I love a horse who's been able to win in different Ways like he has in his last like three or four Starts you see one on the lead you see One where he's coming from like way out of it Another one where he's just like kind of Mid-pack and he just shows you he can kind Of adapt to whatever whatever yeah. Goes down he, he's, he's yeah. a nice horse to, to use yeah
1: the other horse I might throw in especially if I Like for me I, I mean the one's a single For me in a pick five so I'm probably Going to go a little deeper here to hope I get a price and I'd probably throw the 8 he's a ranger in. I know he hasn't won over Houston, uh, San Houston yet, but he's 5 of 8 in the money. And he's getting 5 pounds off with Crystal Conning coming on board. Um, And she's coming out here to ride for hopefully the remainder of the meet. So, you know, that 5-pound weight here is going to be a big plus to them.
0: Let's move on to race number 4. These are optional, um, claiming price 7,500, or uh, optional started for a claiming price of $7,500 or last 2019, claiming price of 15000 Mile on the turf course in here. Uh, start this one off. Um, who are some of the uh, the contenders t- for you in here?
1: Uh, the Broberg Blue Harbor, and which is the number eight and the six Imperial Mission. The Ethan West horse with Deshaun Parker. Uh, Ethan West is, has brought a big group of horses here from, from Indiana.
0: These two are in... Going to be like all of my exotics also Um, I think you know very Logical Uh, Imperial Mission Coming off of a really nice effort Behind a horse named Marquis Prince Um, Marquis Prince Is a multiple Stakes winner and graded stakes placed So that's a really good runner of effort Last time out for Imperial sure. Mission, um, and then you know you have Mister Tickle, who's just a win machine on the outside, who's won five in a row and who's won six of seven. I th- I thought Blue Harbor's trip was a little bit worse, though, in a race where he got kind of hooked a little bit wide, and then he he was forced to make an early move. Um, and then another the horse I'll mention is What Power, who. I, I really liked his last effort I think he had a good start He was kind of settling inside mid-pack And then he got shuffled He was in between horses He had traffic He had to angle all the way around Like six, seven wide And it was a, it was a good third And he was really starting to move late So I think he might be a horse to include In, in some of the exotics uh, Anyone else in here you want to mention?
1: Uh, yeah, probably the 1 and the 1A uh, Humor yeah. and great yeah. hope You can't you can't ignore the The one interesting thing is Grey Hope won a Lady Claw on the turf and gets wheeled back as an MTO here. So kind of like Asmussen's trying to figure out whether or not he can can handle the dirt a little bit um, and see what he's got with him. Uh, That's my thought process on him, but he's a nice little horse.
0: And let's move on to race number 5 Here, um, Maiden Special Weights, 7 Furlongs To me, this is one of my stronger plays I just really like Blackrock Castle in here uh, I thought it was really big in the debut Missed the break, angled 3 wide Was in between horses And then kind of made a 4 wide early move um, Put away one half of the entry But couldn't hold off the other half of the entry uh, I just think if this one Improves at all in here Will be really, really tough so, uh, for me, that's going to be a strong play. Like, I thought the 7 and the 8 were maybe some prices to include underneath with some of them. Um, but, again, this is this is one of these races that we were kind of talking about when you start handicapping this card. Like, you look at this race. This was a fun one. You can go in many different directions. That's kind of why I like to take a stand in, in one of these races where, where people might go in different directions.
1: Yeah, I mean, I liked, uh, I liked the 3 too. I like Black. Rock Castle, at, or the two, uh, you know, like you said, fifteen to one on the morning line, and the first clicky was seven to five. Um, I knew that I knew Mike liked him because Mike always bets like right before he goes into the paddock, and when I saw the tick, I'm like, "Up, oh, this horse is live." So obviously, <laughs> he's got a lot of talent. He's probably going to run big again. I also like the outside horse Carpe Arrows. Uh, you know, Brett Calhoun already got a race under him here. He's going to come back on his next one. They, that looked kind of more of a like a learning race for him. He probably wasn't fit. He probably tightened the screws, and he has to work in between races. I think he's going to run a huge.
0: Well Let's jump to race number six. They'll go a mile. So now you can. What's cool? You can play a. It's fun when you can play two pick fives and they don't overlap. You know, like two yeah, separate pick I fives. And and this is great that that they've been doing this now at Sam Houston. And the second one will start in race number six for just twelve percent takeout twenty five thousand non two claimers, mile and a sixteenth on the turf course. I mean I I wanted to. I wanted to try to get away from countenance, but I just I I I, I couldn't. Can you can you get away from countenance in here?
1: Yeah, I mean I I I didn't trust her in the first I didn't trust her in her day in her race. On the 15th, I thought she was beatable then. I thought she's comments um, kind of just had. I think if you're looking for a price, decorated. That was a rough trip that she had, and Quincy really didn't have anywhere to go um, in that race until much later, and then he finally found a hole, and then she tired out because Cherokee Summer just ran a huge race that day.
0: I think I think, I think you're...
1: that was I think that was Sasha's. I think that was Sasha dictating the pace and going 114 and three. I mean, she slowed it down, and by the time they tried to catch her, it was too
0: late. So I think the approach here is either, you know, countenance or you're going decorated for gold would be a, a, another one to look at. Um, I thought the seven and the eight might be other horses um, if you're going to go away from the favorite or, uh, or maybe to include.
1: I'm, in... I'm going to say you have to look at synthetic to grass here. At this track, it does pretty well.
0: And that's notorious gal coming in off that uh that yes. Turfway win on uh, on December the eighteenth. So, yeah, this this race, depending on how you handicap it, if you're with the favorite, if you're against the favorite, um, the Countenance will probably be one of the shorter price favorites. Uh, I think throughout the throughout the card. Mm-hmm. And I agree. And then we get into race number seven, which is going to start the late pick four sequence, five and a half furlongs, maiden, ten thousand claimers in here. Uh, who do you start with in this race, Andy?
1: Uh. I kind of couldn't go off of Hong Kong Helen. She had a race over the track, second start since. And, you know, Aswison's dropping her down to the bottom level here to try to get a win. Um, You know, the Ackerley brothers won a lot of races here. It's going to be hard to go away from her. If if somebody forced me to go away from her, I'd probably go to Versailles just because Cabrera's riding for Torres instead of valdez Jimenez.
0: Yeah, there was it was an okay debut for for the 9 Versailles Law. Yeah. Um it, it wasn't bad. It was a little bit better than it looks on paper to um kind of track from the outside and then and was in the mix and then backed up a little bit and it was in the slop too. So, you know, if, if you can always kind of give a little bit of a pass for that. Um I mentioned a few other horses in here because yeah, you got to kind of start and figure out what you're going to do with Hong Kong Helen. Are you going to go all in with that one or are you going to, you know, maybe chuck and try to and, and spread around. I think if you're going to go all in Andy gave you kind of the reasons why if you're going to spread And go around uh, the 9 would definitely Be a horse I would include I think the 10 Would be very interesting this is a horse Who has shown a little bit Of speed really in all three Of her starts she went longer last time out Against better and now she drops and Cuts back and you know when you look up And down this race there isn't uh, it depends on Hong Kong Helen right but i don't even know if Hong Kong Helen is a speed demon and if they get intent on just trying to get get the lead with funky justice maybe they can sneak away and uh and catch a slice in here i thought the 3 hundinger with the blinkers on um could step forward so another another horse to maybe use in the exotics the 5 maybe logical to use in the exotics too underneath if you're playing like the 6 on top
1: yeah and i think with especially with the 10 with with the Five pound bug and crystal probably gonna send. You know, yep. the Philly gets out really quick anyway. Mm-hmm. Hong Kong Helen last time out did not break well. And if she does that again today, um she's gonna have a lot of work to do because it's it's a short run.
0: Race number eight kicks off the late pick three. It's a 15 claimer, non-two, seven furlongs, the distance in here. Um I thought the five. Uh, Bodefecta is, is in kind of a good spot I uh, He drew the rail last time out And he kind of was forced up Into it a little more than I think he wants To be um, The You got to figure out what you're going to do with with You know a cu- couple of the horses that are coming out of the same Race with you know yak and, and Dobie here Um the, you never want to look at a horse that Broberg has that could be a big price, like the two and, and leave them out. The 11, I thought you could make a case for. So again, it's kind of sounding like broken records throughout this card, like another like deep race where it feels like you can use many.
1: Yeah. And I thought, I thought if that horse was going to fire Broberg, it would have been last out, especially after he showed speed. Um, so I'm a little lukewarm on that one. I do like, um, the horse, uh, Bodefecta, like you said. I think Doby runs a better race than he did last out, and I think he, he turns the tables on Yak here. He was well like going into that race. They bet on him strongly. And, I mean, that's a pretty good race, being one length off the lead, going a mile, finishing up. Usually they're a little strung out going a mile, and they didn't do that in this race. I, I kind of would go back to him on that one.
0: Yeah fun a fun eighth race there Um yeah. so yeah we both key in on definitely On Bodefecta and but then after Bodefecta Yeah like you, you can go in A couple different directions uh, and And I don't think anyone's gonna get a Ton of support here this feels like one of those Races where you know three or four horses Might all be really close in price um Let's move to the late double, which is race number nine, twenty-five thousand claimers, non-winners of three five furlongs on the turf course. You uh, lead off on this one. Uh, where are you starting here, Andy?
1: I'm going with take the over. I, he, that race he ran on the seventeenth was so impressive. I mean, he could have, probably could have won by a lot more. It's just out. And so I'm probably going to use him, especially if the lot of Charlie Bout for CJ Thoroughbreds. And then I'm also going to use um, the seven, light up the devil. I thought he was going to run a better race last time out. And that race hasn't come back to be as productive, but, you know, sometimes Mike needs a second race to, to tighten up the screws, especially after a couple months off and um, he's going to try him on grass this time.
0: Yeah. I have the seven on top in here. Ma- mainly, because I think the one's impressive I think the two's impressive with this speed May- the, the the only thing that worries me a little bit about the one Is just the rail um, And if he gets maybe kind of put in a bad spot Or just kind of forced to go a little faster With speed to his outside That's why I put the the seven on top um, Instead just because I felt like he She might get the, the best trip maybe And maybe just kind of fall into it If a couple of these are going quick early on And she's going to cut back from six and a half furlong So she should have a little more late punch I agree I kind of was expecting a little bit more Ah, uh, from this mare last time out, but if you're going to be able to get like a nice price around, you know, three to one ish or so uh, on her, I think I think that's fair. Um, the Broberg, you know, is going to probably show some speed first time on the grass. That's I'm a barn cat, And definitely one who you would upgrade if this race was off the grass. It would would definitely. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, let's see, anyone else I wanted to mention? Yeah, Wait. I
1: was going to mention the eight Hawkeye Girl. Okay. Uh, six, seven Seven lifetime starts on the turf seven times in the money, five out of seven, first and second. And um Ratama's actually is a tougher track than people think out here in Texas. So those those races are pretty pretty sharp. And she fits here with these horses. And if you're gonna get ten to one and you're gonna throw in your doubles to to end the day, I mean that would be that would be a nice little price to go with.
0: And then we'll close things out in race number 10 with 5,000 claimers, non-winners of three, uh, five and a half furlongs, the distance in here. A um, couple that I'll, I'll mention. I mean, the one from the inside is going to be tough, obviously. I thought if you're looking you know, at, at prices, the eight iced out is interesting. I, you can make an excuse— for his last start, or her last start not being that great, even though it was it wasn't terrible, but she's just not quite as good on an off race track. So then she would be one if it's if it's an off race track that you wouldn't necessarily want to upgrade. But if it's a fast track, I think she's interesting. If you play her off the two back race, she would be really like really competitive in here, just coming off of that effort. So I think she's the one to use. The five is really quick. Two might be the one to catch in here. Um, and to the outside, the twelve Witzgato is getting a little class relief and could take a little step forward. Second off the bench, um, give us some of your thoughts on this race.
1: I love the five uh, or the five Castanuela. Yep. Uh, and the bigger reason is, is people people that are starting to learn about about Sam Houston Race Track always look for Craddock and a Mexican bred horse for whatever reason. He just moves these horses up. <laughs> he he knows how to do it, and this horse I think is going to run big off the layoff, uh, just because Craddock usually has him cranked up to go. And I really like the horse on the far outside, the twelve, Witsgato. You know, you can't you can ignore the Sam Houston. He was racing a bit against a bit tougher. He's down to the lowest level of his career. He does well on an off track, and the distance, this is where he's won his two races. So you can't say no to this horse as far as that's concerned and leave him off a ticket.
0: A really fun Wednesday card. Andy, we've been talking about uh, getting you on here for a while. I'm glad I, I finally was able to, and now... You know we're both looking at Sam Houston a lot We'll have to get you on a, a bunch of times now Over the next couple months as we uh, as we Handicap these races every day so Thank you so much it was it was a lot of fun You gave me a, a half hour plus of your time And we dove through everything um, Give the folks out there some of your plugs Where can we find you on social media and follow along with you
1: uh, You can follow me at Avillanueva3rd uh, On Twitter That's the best way to get a hold of me I mean I'm always there and I'm always Tweeting something out Um so just follow me there and I'm sure everybody else will follow back who I have as far as followers are concerned.
0: And we can find your bloodstock information. Uh, they're just like on following you on, on Twitter and stuff too.
1: Yeah. You can, you can go to, in, uh you can actually, that one's awesome. You can go there to to look for integrity racing and com, or you can go to the website. Um, it's up and running. It's got a few pictures and we got a lot more going on uh, going up there this week. Once, I get back to
0: california great or man. not
1: in california sam houston or Sa- to texas i'm so used to saying I'm you going say, back to california. yeah
0: <laughs> it's just like it's gonna say it's just like yeah muscle memory right you just yeah. <laughs> you've said that so many times throughout your life so yeah i mean this was fun it was a blast we've interacted a bunch on uh, online before but we've never really had, had the chance to like have a conversation so uh it was, it was a blast yeah. and, I, and I, I think it's going to be the first of many so thank you very much buddy and uh we'll talk again real soon all right have a good one That was Andy Villanueva. A big thanks to Andy Villanueva. And now we're going to get to our next interview in just a moment with Chris Griffin, track announcer at Sam Houston. We're going to hear from one of our sponsors, and then we're going to get to that interview with Chris. Enjoy. One of the sponsors of That's What G Said podcast is Cindy Carava, full service realtor, and I am here over in Glendora at Coldwell Banker with Cindy Carava. Cindy, how was 2019 for you? Tell us a little bit about what uh, what kind of stuff you were working on.
2: Hi, Gino. Thanks for having me. Uh, 2019 was just really great. Uh, I had a great year uh, selling homes all the way from Altadena, Arcadia, Monrovia. Out to Upland and Ontario just recently, Um, the market has has been uh, really good. Um, We're looking forward to 2020 with an increase in home prices about 5.8 percent this year, opposed to last year where it was a little softer. We saw uh, more like homes averaging about 3.5 percent in increase in value. Um, It's also looking great for buyers. Uh, The interest rates right now are going to be staying under four percent. So if you're been on the fence about thinking about buying a home
0: And you're all over the internet, social media, websites, let us know some of the places where we can find you I know I've seen some reviews on Yelp and on Zillow, everyone always has positive things to say Everybody hears me raving about you all the time, but where can uh, everyone else find out information about you or contact?
2: Thank you, Gino. Yeah, I am on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, And uh, you can contact me on my website, which is www.cindycarrava.com or my email, which is cindyc.realtor at gmail.com. Or feel free to call or text me on my cell phone, which is 626-394-6400.
0: Cindy is awesome. She's one of the kindest and most genuine people I've ever met. I promise you, you will enjoy every minute you interact with her. So thank you very much, Cindy. Uh, appreciate all of your support from That's What She Said podcast.
2: Thank you, Gino. Have a great day, everyone.
0: Our next guest is a, a voice that many of you hear calling the races over at Sam Houston. He is a, a man who's the track announcer over there. But he wears uh, more hats than just that. We welcome in Chris Griffin over from Sam Houston. Chris, thanks for joining us. Uh, b- besides track announcer, what else do you uh, are you doing over there? Handicapper and, and a little bit of everything, right?
3: Yeah, Gino. Dog walker. I was walking the dogs this morning. <laughs> I was doing
0: uh, lots of different
3: things. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's a great time in Houston, and it was a great opportunity for them to take some of my marketing background and be able to use that and uh, come in here and and do the dual roles and do the, do the marketing side of things and then uh, take that hat off and put my announcer hat on and get onto the racing side. And it's been a, it's been a busy experience. I got here in November, so it's just been kind of put your boots on and and get after it. And we uh, have a lot of great things in place in Sam Houston already. Um, And so I'm just hoping that I'm helping that. And there's, there's a lot of great things that are going on in Houston, Texas and Texas as a whole. Uh, a lot of things that happened over the weekend you know just uh, it, it's some of the connections and the people that are from here so it's uh, it is it's an exciting time to be here i think i got here at the right time and uh, it's working out really well i'm just really happy and going to going to be here for as long as they'll have me uh here in houston texas and we're just having a great time
0: well let, yeah and let's let's stick in in, in texas where we're talking about the things i mean from just m- me selfishly as a horse player what i loved is that texas got a uh, an influx of money in this year which they were able to use to boost their purses and so what what they do is they boost their purses they upgrade the broadcast uh, you know and and what that does is it draws people in they don't they don't hike up the takeout and i think that's a big focal point for Sam Houston and it's a great selling point is that hey we're talking about 12% Takeout in daily doubles Pick threes, pick fours, pick fives Not just one pick five of the day Like any of those multi-race Rolling exotic wagers, this is the Lowest takeout around, like this is what the Betters want and they've been clamoring for And I'm, you know, I'm seeing awesome Stuff from Texas and and, and the TTA What they've been doing, like can you kind of speak up, speak To that a little bit?
3: Yeah Especially here at here at SHRP You know, Frank Hoff, and I've always Talked about him and the senior director of racing operations The entire racing side um, as far as putting the wagering menus together and the wagering format and kind of getting it to where the bettors are, are really interested in the product. You know, Gino, you know, we're, we're in a unique spot that when we race on Fridays and Saturday nights and, you know, when you kind of look at things and you, you take a look at the scope of a Friday and Saturday in the horse racing world, you know, what happens? You know, the, it's the first thing you wake up and you're ready to go to the track and you're ready to watch some races on simulcast or you're going go to go uh, be on site and you're going you're gonna to bet on some races. And so when you go through the afternoon Noon cards and you start getting into the evening, uh, you know, betters have been they've been firing away at the windows during the day and now they're getting to nighttime. We're trying to keep that energy level up and keep them excited about it. And so in order to do that, you have to make it uh, you you have to give it the appeal that that the betters are going to enjoy. And so uh, putting the 12 percent takeout in on multi leg wagers was a big thing. Um, Being able to offer different uh, wagering opportunities because you know whether, whether whatever side of the coin you are on jackpot wagers, you know we have sure. something for you. Whether it's uh, looking at a pick three, you know we took a look at that pick three and uh, you know when when some folks didn't like it as the fifty cent variety or kind of going that direction, it was it was a one dollar minimum, uh, and then the, the dollar pick three payouts have been fantastic, you know. But some people do enjoy playing the fifty cent tries or playing the fifty cent pick four 50 fifty cent pick five. Give them the low takeout of twelve percent. You know we feel like we're giving everyone a wide array of options, um, when they stop by on a Friday or Saturday night and also our Wednesday afternoons, you know, that's a, it's a very, uh, big portion of the week because it kind of kicks off the racing week for everyone nationally. Uh, so as, for us to be in that spot, in the central time zone, uh, it's, it's good for us on a Wednesday afternoon. And so Fridays and Saturdays, same thing. We're just trying to capture your attention. We want the people to come on site. You know, we do these promotions and we were rocking our seventies gear on Saturday and, and yeah, you have one over promotions. there. Yeah. 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 It's, it's it's a fun experience, and uh, when we put it all together, hopefully it leads to some really great things. You talk about Texas and the, the state of Texas and their response and the TTA. You know, Texas is, has has the battles from the the not having casinos type of the slot revenue basically mm-hmm. um, involved, and so uh, everyone knows it. It's it's been well publicized, and uh, Texas is really now giving horse racing an opportunity here, and and listened to the horsemen, and there was a response, um, and found a way to. Uh, send some money in, in in the direction of the Horsemen and, and racing, and and SHRP is is going to be a the, a big benefactor in that, and so is are some of the other racing entities in Texas as well. And so it's a it's a Texas program. It's not just the same Houston program, and that's uh, that's just great for the state overall. The Horsemen, the response has been phenomenal. I mean, you take a look at the the, the backside and how we've got. We had stalls and people still wanted to get into stalls, and we had uh, trainers calling from from everywhere. They wanted to get involved. I mean, this is Texas is a great place to be. Uh, the weather is good during the winter. Um, we'll talk about the we- the weather a little bit going into this week, but uh, the the weather you know here is, is is very nice for the most part. You're not going to see a ton of snow here. You know, you're going to see you're going to catch the the warmer weather as we get into some of these spring months, and it should just lend to more exciting and and great racing that we can continue on and. Uh, We're here for 39 days. It's 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 not the longest meet, you know, in in the larger landscape of some of the meets out there. But we found our place on the racing calendar and we're really going in the positive direction. And I'm happy to be a small part of that and involving uh, people like you and, and getting the West Coast folks involved and listening to us and following to us and getting the East Coast people and and bringing them here to to the Midwest, to the South is, is a great thing to be. So we, we've got a lot of great things going on and you've listed them on the, on your cast many times and I appreciate the coverage and we're just excited where things are going. And, and we, we want people to also realize that this is a long-term plan. I mean, this yeah. is, these are long-term goals that we have, this is, this is not going to be a one-time thing for us. We, we really want to continue to grow. And we're building this, this really great product in, in Houston, Texas. And, uh, we hope that the betters join us, the, uh, general public, join us, and and everyone's a customer. If you, uh, you know, when you yeah. get involved with Sam Houston Race Park, uh, we welcome you all, and we're working hard to make sure you have a great time.
0: You know, a couple things that I think um, Sam Houston, in particular, and and just the state of Texas have going for them is just their location, right? You're you're like right in the middle, so you can get horses and connections and people shipping in from all over. Uh, you know, and and we've started to see that now. I mean, there are some races where you know you're going to get the logical horses that are you know have been running at at Remington or maybe Delta, which I love because I covered a ton of of this uh, Delta of Remington, and when I was working at TVG, so there are a lot of connections and a lot of uh, familiar names that I, I I know very well from some of my trips out to to Vinton and the. The location is great, I'm just, I'm, I'm such a fan Of looking at a race and you see, you know You have a, a horse or two from the east coast and you know When you have a big barn like Asmussen um, They can be coming in from all over the place Diodoro's been absolutely rolling uh, and, and then you're getting like more from the west coast Horses that you've seen, horses that because the purses are so strong over there, there's a, a turf course over there. I mean there's nothing missing at all. It is really like you guys have been using the hashtag Major League Racing. but it, I mean it, it absolutely is. I'm looking at my, my some of my plays for Wednesday. and when I have nines and tens written downs and 11s and 12s in the pick fours, you know, that's always a good thing because those are huge fields.
3: Yeah, and you talk about location. I mean, there's, there's, there's two sides of it. It, is, it. We do have a great location, and we do have a, an opportunity to be in front of a lot of different horsemen from a lot of different states. It, it also lends to us being in a very highly competitive environment as well. And so yeah, sure. um, we keep that in mind, and, and the turf is a big part of that. You know, the fact that we do have a, a, a wonderful turf course, and, and the, uh, track, the track man and the crew and, and just everyone on the racing side, they just work so hard to maintain the surfaces and keep us safe. Um, and keep the horsemen safe and the horses and jockeys and get everybody around there. Uh, you know, when we talk about the turf racing aspect, that's a big part of what we yeah. do, and so you do see when we we card these races and we get, you know, a few of these turf races in here, and they're going to go the two turns, and we're going to get those mile races, uh, that's got to have appeal to horsemen, I have to believe. It's got to have appeal to different connections, because the surrounding areas, they don't always have those opportunities mm-hmm. for, for the turf, and so um, we hope that the, the clouds hold out, and we don't see a ton of rain, because then we have to come off, and that changes things a little bit, but uh, you can't, can't do that Yet. You can't, can't think in that nature, you can't live in that world where you're just carting uh, races and saying, well, maybe it's going to rain here, maybe it's not. But uh, we're doing the best we can, and uh, the, like I say, the horsemen have responded, and, and, and we've got a great group of top trainers that have shown up. Uh, you know, you talk about silks that won over the past few weeks when you're seeing Godolphin silks and Claiborne, Judmont yeah. and, and uh, you know, it's, it's really putting us into a, an, another category as far as building to that major league racing that you talk about. it's uh, It's been a wonderful ride so far. Uh, no complaints as we continue to do really great work. And we just got to keep it up, you know, with the, with the what is it? What is that Spider-Man saying? With, with great power comes great responsibility. Exactly, whatnot, you know? yeah. It, it, and, and that's what it is. I mean, it's a, it's a responsibility for us to continue to put out this great product. Uh, make sure the surfaces are safe, and make sure that we're, we're we're winning across the board, and that folks are are really enjoying us. And so, as long as the track announcer does his job in the booth once in a while, then we're uh, we're good to go. <laughs> it's, it's 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 been fantastic so far. The response has been great, and and it's even though it seems like it's it's kind of. It it just flies by. Thirty nine days it's going to fly by really fast. We're already getting towards Texas preview and then Texas champion. So uh, just getting off of the heels of Houston Racing Festival, we're just we're we're rolling. We keep rolling through.
0: Okay, and yeah, those are the two big days. I also wanted to mention because those are. Some of my favorite days to play because you get a lot of these um, state bred or local horses who get the opportunity to kind of step up and run for a little bit more money than they would normally to get a little black type to take a chance. I mean, you had a, a great Texas bred who um, was was huge there on on Ladies Classic night and it's just been a, it's been a great start to the meet and with these two big days coming up, um, tell us. Uh, the, when is the Texas Preview Day, and then yeah, when so is Texas the big one? Texas Preview
3: is February 22nd, and then Texas Champions March 21st. Texas Preview is an inaugural. Uh, this is the first year that we're going to do it. And so because we were the added purse money that we've talked about, we were able to add Texas Preview Day. And this is this is about showcasing Texas breads and, and really getting Texas breads and uh, that exposure. When you talk about that horse that won the stoner side, Mr. Moneybags, you know, just recently named the Texas Bread horse of the year. Uh, he, he's trying to get into some of these different categories where he's, he's running really well against open, open company. You know, he ran in the pad day mile as a three-year-old. Um, I think that they, they like him around two turns. They like him at a little bit of distance. Um, he's probably the best Texas bred around. There's, there's some rumors that he could be the best Texas bread that some people have ever seen. And uh, he's a real special horse, and it's just nice to see the the connections. And you know, you can you can see Mike Netherland and Mister Moneybags coming. You know, Mister Roy Cobb. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're when they're in the house, and uh, they've got this Texas bred going the right direction. But there's a lot of great Texas breeds in the breeding program, and and the TTA, and talking about the breeding and getting getting breeders and getting um, some of these sires here, and, and really building that product that way as well. That's equally as important, so this is a great way to showcase Texas, uh, Texas Racing, and so we'll have the preview day leading up into Texas Champions Day, and we've got a lot of great, uh, some giveaways planned, some promotions behind it, and you'll hear about more of that uh, as we go on through the season, but again, just really excited, and Texas is going the right direction. TTA's been great. Everyone across the board, this is being a west coast guy it's it's great to uh to get the reception that i've gotten and that we've gotten here in houston
0: sure. well, let's go let's go through a little bit of your history so like how do you i was like hearing everyone's backstory yeah. um how did you how do you get into the racing like what got you into it and give us some of like your first racing gigs and uh, and how you've moved up man there's such a
3: long version of it but basically <laughs> i was i was into drag racing uh initially in my announcing career and then i was with the Globetrotters. harlem globe the voice of them for um six years so uh, been all over the world and enjoyed that experience, but then it came down to Frank Miramati, who I'm sure you know, and uh, he and I had a discussion. We met through a mutual friend, basically, and it was it was just a real, just a kind of a random connection that we made. Um, and he said, we just kind of chatted back and forth, and it came to a point where he, I said, "Hey, what would it take for me to call a race?" And I was actually in the booth with him at Los Alamitos at the Los Alamitos Futurity. Uh, it was that three horse finish. The three, three, three noses on the wire. That it was, was it was Mr. Firing, line, pistol, firing line. Mister Z and was it Dortmund? Dortmund. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It was the three of them right at the line there. And it was during that day that I had gone up and watched a, a previous race with Frank, and I just said, "What would it take for me to call a race?" And he said, ah, "He said, he said, call a race." He said, I, "Let's get you a job somewhere," because he had heard yeah. me call some Globe games and whatnot. So I got the opportunity from Larry Swartzlander and, and Richard Conway up in Ferndale at the Humboldt County Fair, and they, they said, "All right, we're going to let you uh, call the bullring here for for two weeks because Miramati says you can call a race." So it was nice. uh, yeah. it was really kind of random. And then from there, I got the Portland Meadows gig um and was able to to get that and then uh got the Ferris full time and then I was lucky enough to go to Gulfstream Park West for a year and then uh Houston came calling uh, a little bit after that so it's been it's just been a wild ride for the last 6 years and now here I am the marketing manager and the track announcer so from from going to that spot to here it's it's been quite the ride um for me and for my family and my wife's very understanding and the travel and everything like that but we're happy and it's it's good and I love I love this sport and I love being in the booth and I love doing the marketing side and I just, I enjoy everybody and I enjoy the customers here that join us at, uh SHRP.
0: We, yeah, I've, we've only interacted uh, for like a few weeks now. I feel like yeah. I know you for a while. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just we picked that we picked up very quickly, and uh, I talked to You're Frank. From,
3: I, you know, being on the West Coast though, Gino, like we've probably crossed paths so I'm many sure, times. And I'm you sure we have.
0: Didn't, I didn't even know. Yeah, I was gonna say. You know, like <laughs> exactly, and uh, and uh, we Frank too is a is a really good friend of mine. Like I actually hadn't talked to him in a while, and we just picked up n- not long ago, a few weeks back, and it was it was just like anything. We always have fun sharing uh, sharing stories, and uh, I, I learned a lot from Frank. too. And, and eating pizza like always. I mean, that, that's oh. how, that, that's always the, the deal with Frank. So, um, it's a, yeah. it's a
3: it's a lucky position to be in to be in the, the whatever they would call it the the brotherhood or the fraternity yep. or anything like that. But there's so many great track announcers and, and that I've always listened to and admired for such a long time. And Frank is on the list, and so many others. And it's just a it's a, it's, a, it's an honor and a privilege to be in the booth. And
0: it's I'm just having fun, man. It's 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 it's, it's a kind and of a can tell. experience. People can tell, that you know I, what. It. <laughs> People can tell, and 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 you can tell just when you're uh, when we hear your voice on the track, like in between when you're announcing different events, and and like you mentioned, like the '70s night or the disco nights or the different things that they have going on there. It, when you when you're having fun, it makes us watching have fun, you know. Yeah. And we're all we're all having a good time together because we're all just in this together, right? We're all making trying to make a few bucks and, and and have a good time here. And some of us take it more seriously than others, but y- y- you know, like I, when you're ha- you have to have fun out there, and and I, we, and, I and, just really. And-
3: and at the heart of it, I think we all get
0: it. I think, I think yeah. we all have that
3: same understanding, and yep. of course, we're going to have opinions. This is paramuttual wagering. This yep. is, it, is, it is an opinion that you have in, a, in an upcoming race and and you know social media and all these things have, have changed the dynamic of all sports, not just horse racing but uh, but many sports and And I always welcome people to let us know how we're doing, or if they want to give comments or they think that uh, we can improve in these areas, you can always continue to get better. Um, you know, and we'll and we'll get there. And it's about just putting out this great product, having fun, enjoying your day at the races because when I would go to my dad, I wasn't worried about anything else besides just hanging out with with pops yep. and watching some races and betting, yep. you know, picking some, I didn't bet them, but I was picking some horses, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what it is. It just oh, kind of, it yeah. always takes me back to that moment. And anytime I see a, a dad and his kids or something like that, I'm always reminded of that. So it's, it's a great experience and I love your energy. I love your show. And I, I you know, it's, it's just, it's just great to have you covering us as well. Cause we appreciate
0: it. Oh yeah. So let's, uh, let's jump in then. Um, Wednesday. I just had a uh, one of the handicappers who helps you guys out over there too, Andy Villanueva. Great guy, great handicapper. He was on, and we went through basically race by race through the through the card and we broke down most of it so give us a for the wednesday card coming up give me one or a horse or two or a race or two something to keep an eye on something that that you like or that we should maybe throw into our pick fours or pick fives
3: well the one thing i do have to tell you know keep an eye on the weather because we're we're here in houston we know the forecast so as you are handicapping we do have some turf races on, on on the card but you know just keep an eye on the on the weather and we'll get you those updates as soon as we can um day of on wednesday obviously but Uh, to me, race three is interesting. I mean, when you're looking at a seventh for long race and you take a look at a horse in Archie is off the claim, you know, they claim from Danny Pish with the horse has won four in a row and finished second by a neck. Um, and I think you're going to get all of that nine to two price. I mean, Mm -hmm. moves to the John Barger barn uh, and they claim this one, you know, are you going to see kind of the same effort Rudy Garrett takes over? And then if you're taking a look, you know, Broberg's got a couple in there. But I, I think Archie, you know, should be able to hold some of that form that you're kind of seeing. This is a step up for the horse. has been running against five thousands now taking a shot at 10. But at 9-2, I, I think it's worth the shot. I mean, why not Why not take a look and, and, and see if this one can get in there um, when you go later on in the card. And I'm going to kind of mainly focus on some of these dirt races just because sure. – yeah. um, You know, we just don't know. But uh, race number seven, Maiden Claiming at the 10 level. You know, we talk about the pick four and and enjoying the pick four. 12% takeout, 50 cent minimum wager. Uh, I think you do have a vulnerable favorite in there. Uh, Hong Kong Helen had run the five and a half, had run over a sloppy track and just didn't show any speed really in that race. Uh, and now she's going to be eight to five in this spot, that three-year-old Richard Arami has been riding here on Wednesdays. Um, but dropping to the maiden 10, is that really going to be enough? Uh, there's a, quite a few in there that are dropping in class. And I don't know. And I don't know how you and Andy saw the race, but there's some prices in there. that yes. I, The six is not a slam dunk single in there for me. Um, so if we're talking about value, I think especially... Uh, In this spot, the the first leg of the pick four, twelve 12% takeout, you know, want to kick off with a price and kind of enjoy what's going to happen on later on the card. uh, I think that's a big one, because if you look later in the sequence, you know, we do have a five for long sprint in there in race number nine on the sequence. And so if there's rain or if that one comes off, uh, there's. A, a few more standouts in that race, you know, when you kind of start looking at I'm a barn cat, you start looking at light up the devil. I mean, this is horses that
0: this is the beat the favorite race. They
3: they kind of look like they, they, they could be well meant on the yeah. on the turf, but especially if this race moves to the dirt. Yeah so, I mean I, I thought the 10
0: um, funky justice At a price with some speed yeah. and, you, and you mentioned A, a really a sharp new jock coming in Who uh, at the, with the bug you imagine they're going to Probably try to spend and if yep. Hong Kong Helen doesn't break there's not a ton of speed In here which makes this race interesting Because these are kind of lightly raced horses Like any of them could show more speed In their second or third start you know I mean the 9 could could be a little bit better Like he, he She wasn't That's too bad walking, yeah. Um, yeah, the 3 just... and the 5 are logical You know this is this I'm with you. I think it's funny. I think in this race, Andy and I were opposite in that. I think he was like, okay, I'm going to go with Hong Kong and Helen, who I think is the standout. And I was more of like, okay, I think I'm going to go against. And if you're going to go against, you might as well maybe just chuck this one out and, and then try to spread out a little bit here.
3: She might, but I, I don't know that. That the last race, she might she might have just needed that last race. It, it's, there's, but there's a real slow work there coming in off of the February fifth work. Uh, you know, she had shown speed before at Ellis and Churchill, but then she went to the shelf, and then there were some class drops involved. She so. just
0: kind of regressed in every race too. Even even bit, just coming here, bit. she just hasn't really improved. So if she beat, she's the type of of Philly where if you like her a lot and you want to key in on her and some of the exotics, fine. That's that's definitely the way to play. But I think for both you and I it sounds like like if she beats me at 7 to 5 to 2 to 1 like I'm okay with that you know, and Steve, I, I meant, and
3: Steve Asmussen's is going to beat you a lot of times, at sure. Seven to five and two sure. to one, you know. I yeah. mean, he's 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 got he knows how to get into the winner circle. But I just think, especially during our season here at SHRP, when you found moments where you can beat Asmussen or Broberg or some of the the, the, the big names, um, that's where you find some of these prices. You know, Jerry Gernot, Let's talk about Jerry Gurnow. I mean, the meet that he's had, he's been uh, kind of had one of these sneaky meets, and he's been getting price after price after price when he gets into the winner's circle. So uh, you you take a look at his barn, you so Torres is another one like you mentioned on the nine uh Danny Pish has one in there but yeah it, it really comes down to who's going to be out in front because if they are out in front at five and a half at the maiden 10 level on what could be a sloppy main track uh, I think they could be very very tough to catch uh and Tommy Short's even got a 30 to one long shot in it that's kind of interesting so you know it, it, there's a lot of different ways that you can, you can go if Andy goes with the favorite and we take the long shots then again that goes back to pair mutual wagering that's what yep. uh that's what if our. we all is. thought the same
0: thing in every race. It wouldn't be fun. Right. It wouldn't be
3: fun. No, it would. It would. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I think that's where you, you, you take a shot in there. It's some, some of the later races in that sequence, uh, there's a bit more proven form in there. So you don't have quite as many question marks. So I think when you do have those question marks, that's where you go ahead and try and take a shot against the favorite. And then when you're looking at Broberg in the finale, I mean, you know, he, he'll, he'll probably be very tough in there. Um, so that is something to check out.
0: And uh, we're going to be leaning on you now uh, because I'm, I'm going to try to get as many uh, different interviews on here with uh, with different connections. I've already spoke with Carl Broberg, and he said Anytime So we're going to set something up. I know he was uh, he was busy this last week uh, gambling sure. gambling. Uh, very, sure. very very good handicapper <laughs> he is also. So we're going to get him on. We'd love to get some of the uh, some of the jockeys and trainers. Anyone ever has a good weekend or a good couple of days, we'll we'll bring them on. We'll have an interview. We'll we'll talk to them, and uh, we're going to just keep covering these races. These, we're having a blast, man. I, I love diving into this Wednesday card. It was really good. We'll knock on wood and hope they stay on the grass. And uh, nothing we can do if they can't, but already uh, moved on, getting looking at the Friday and, and the Saturday cards. And that's another real positive as we get set to, to let you go. I like that for someone, um, you guys get the entries out very early. It which is. <laughs> is which is a big help, man It's just so nice to get an extra day or two to look at them Because then for me, I can do this show a little bit earlier Get the show out, people have another day or two To listen to all the analysis before the races come It just works out better for everyone
3: Truthfully, sometimes I forget. Sometimes I forget because yeah. then I see the entries run by. I'm like, oh, yeah, we did drop for Saturday, yeah, didn't so we? It's and it's, it, it, <laughs> but, but it's also great that the response is great for the horsemen that you could fill and you, get you you know, do close that. to 100, 100 could horses. So Cal could not do that
0: before. out here right now so you know, with, with the, the horse population. Yeah, so.
3: it's, it's, it's a great spot to be in. And you have my number so we can get a hold of any of those jocks or anybody that you want to get a hold of, of course. And we just appreciate the support, man. It's, it's great. I love your energy. I love your passion. Uh, I love that you're a new dad and the exciting things that are going on in your life and it's just uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you and get to know you and uh, it'll be a fun season as we continue on and, and keep going. And don't forget we had Tuesday races March tenth too. We start yeah. running on Tuesday afternoons too. So uh, lots Thank more coverage, lots more fun my brother.
0: Oh that'll be even better because now uh my unfortunately sad my, that my girlfriend She's got a great job at the uh, Intercontinental Hotel Here at downtown, so she just had to get back to work uh, this, uh, this last week So now it's uh, me and Milo at home We are there handicapping, we record our shows Grandma and Nanu help me keep an eye on him When I have to, to do a little stuff here and there But he's already looking, man he, He's great, so we're very excited Thank you for the kind words, and I really appreciate The interview, we're going to have to get you back on a couple more times too, uh, Over the next few months, before the big days We'll talk with you, or anytime there's anything, uh, anything Big going out there And one... Um, more thing is we we let you give us uh, your plugs um you guys have a real improved social media presence this year also there's some like morning training video stuff you've got the monday minute stuff it just seems like you're like e- you mentioned everything um moving from from the TTA from Texas from Sam Houston is just all moving in a positive direction and you we're just getting like more and more which is great for uh, for us as betters
3: yeah, I don't think I, th- I don't think you could have a lack of content. Uh, my my belief no. has always been just give give everybody everything we can give, you know, and 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 just give it time and effort and, and put it out there. And some things are, are gonna work, and some things aren't gonna work. And and it's best for the audience to let us decide, you know, if if, if the Monday Minute is is not something they're into, then you know you you adjust and you change. It. And we're adding some new features with Martha Clausen coming up, and uh, we've got a lot of great things just to give more and more coverage to Texas because we got to get the word out there. A lot of great things are happening, but we got to let people know that it's happening so uh social media when you have a phone we're able to to go ahead and capture those videos and and everyone's been very generous with their time and letting us run around the backside there and get some interviews and some pictures and it's all a part of it you know if we if we're a professional sport and we we see ourselves that way then let's cover it that way as well and that's what we're doing and that's what we're working towards and uh, we're looking forward to the future and i hope that i'm a big part of that
0: Chris Griffin you can follow him on Twitter at in the grandstand and then Yeah, Sam, I would have gone
3: with Chris Griffin? But, uh, but I mean, I'm sure it, the, Yeah, uh, there was Twitter.
0: And and then Sam Houston Racing you can follow at, at SHRP Racing and then Sam Houston Race Park you can follow at @shrp and the website for all the good information, uh, shrp.com, where you can find everything out there. Chris, thank you so much for your time. Um, I'll be talking to you again uh, in the next few days, and, uh, and let's make some money on Wednesday.
3: Sounds good, Gino. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys.
0: That was Chris Griffin. We'll be back in just a minute here on That's What G Said. So a big thank you to Andy and a big thank you to Chris for uh, talking some Sam Houston Wednesday. I just want to do a quick little recap of some of my uh, my thoughts throughout the card. So you know the, you can play those two different pick five sequences. The way that I would approach the early pick five is I would play two different tickets um, and I'd probably single the two in race number five. So in race number one, kind of just go quickly through how I have the horses. Race one, I'm going to go... 10, 8, 4, 7, 3. Those are some forms of the horses I'm going to use in exotics, and I've, I'm giving them to you in order of, of how we like them. So throw the uh, throw the 10 into some of your exotics at, at a price. In race number 2, we're going to go with the 9 uh, on top of the 6, 4, 1. The 1, keep an eye on. I mean, it's going to be probably tough to to exclude from the Exotics as uh, this one, the money will probably show up on early and Asmussen's been good. So I'm I'm, can, I'm okay with using those four and okay with taking a shot against the seven in there. And we'll have the nine on top in race number three. I have six, one, a two. Archie was the, uh, the horse given out by both of uh, our guests. I thought the six was a, a price play. And to me, the one is going to be really tough to beat, Yeah, the one, a in particular, Toasting Master going to be tough to beat in here. Race number four, uh, we'll go four eight six ten. Don't forget about using what power in some of your exotics. The others are uh, are logical in there. I think the two is a horse um, I'm going to single in some of the exotics in race number five. That's Black Rock Castle. Make sure to uh, include Black Rock Castle in your early pick fives, early pick fours, pick sixes, whatever your you're playing there, in race number five will likely vie for buy uh, for favoritism there, and I just think going to be really really tough from the inside if if he can break well. In race number six, I've got six two eight seven. I just thought the six was going to be be tough. This to me was one of the races where maybe you play the chalk and just kind of single, and and then you can spread out the rest of the way through if you're playing the uh, the late pick five there in race number seven. I'm going against Hong Kong Helen, so I'm gonna go ten, three, five, nine, and we'll take a shot against Hong Kong Helen there. That's why I'm okay with singling countenance in race number uh, in race number six, who I just think is gonna be yeah, really, really tough in there. So in race number eight, we'll go five, eleven, two, nine. Uh, I think the five Bodefecta is the one to beat uh, the eleven. interesting to me there, hurry back. Back to the dirt. The two has some speed. I, th- I just think there's more to this one than we we've seen in, in, in the last couple, and in the one, or excuse me, in the nine. Doby. Uh, Doby. So five eleven two nine. Can't even read my own writing sometimes. Five eleven two nine. Uh, Dobie gets got the typical rail trip. He got the shuffle. He was back to last, and then in race number nine. I'm going to go 7269 the 7 light of the devil no no turf success but a horse who should really get the trip cutting back looks like there's a ton of speed in there i think she's going to be able to have a little bit of a, a late punch and then to close things out the one's going to be tough in there i'm going to have the 8 on top with the 5 with the 1 with the 12 Depending on how deep you want to go In some of these exotics So I try to put them in order So you know you can see how I can tier the horses And uh, I think the 8 on top The 5 is the one to catch And the 1 is definitely the one to beat in there So make sure to uh, include iced out So there are some of my Recap thoughts We'll be talking more Sam Houston We've got a big week coming up this week With a lot of racing We'll be talking some fairgrounds We're going to talk some college basketball With Dan We're going to talk some fairgrounds uh, with a couple different guests and then some Oaklawn later in the week. Huge week on that. that's what G said. Make sure to subscribe, download, rate, and review anywhere that you get your podcast. Thanks again, folks, and we'll be talking to you again real soon.